With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Grace Harmon joining us here in studio. Grace, it's always good to see you here as we got the mailbag. What do you got this week? All right, well, let's start with a little bit of a prediction today. What's your best guess for the single biggest storyline to come out of fall camp? Oh, man, we've seen it all over the years, but we're not going to know the Maurice Washington thing. Um in fall camp but uh, I'm going to stay on the Mills bandwagon and just if he can make an impact I think that's going to be a big big thing if he wins the job outright I think that's going and I think he will if I had a guess today Um, just his emergence as a new running back that will be a really really important piece to this offense yeah and then next for me is the center position and Cam Jurgens health uh his availability for week one and if not what is the plan afterwards who's the starter who's the number two will there be any other shakeups as a result of that and so i think that that cam Jurgen's status i think goes a long way in dictating what that offensive line is going to look like on august 31st i'm going to go with well, i'll put it this way i think i think the biggest storylines you know it's probably going to be one of the newcomers one of the the transfers i guess you could say um, and I'm going to go with Darian Daniels and, and maybe just the defensive line and the progress that that unit as a, as a whole has continued to make. You know, I, I think the offensive coaches last spring in particular really made a big deal out of saying how much that group had progressed. And, and I think we're going to continue to kind of hear that narrative this, uh, this fall camp. All right, and a few of last year's losses kind of were due to penalties from uh, what Frost said was an undisciplined team. Um, do you think this has been addressed? Yeah, I mean – some of that is when you're losing, I think you naturally put pressure on yourself to make plays. That leads to holding calls on the edge. That leads to face mask calls or horse collar tackles because you're struggling to make plays. So I think a lot of that had to do with the pressure of the way the season started last year. And I just think year two, Martinez is going to have much more command of things. The defense will have more depth. Guys will be fresher. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think you'll see an improvement in that area. Well, and you got to keep in mind that year two, guys are going to be a lot more comfortable with what they're doing. And I think when there's comfort, you a lot of penalties and mistakes come from just reacting and trying to make up for mistakes that are going on within a play. And so uh, you get beat, an offensive lineman gets beat, he's going to grab hold to you know prevent a sack or whatever it may be. Uh, and so I think that just having a better knowledge and understanding and comfort within the system on both sides of the ball should go a long way in alleviating a lot of those unnecessary penalties. Yeah, I think we're going to see guys that are in position to make plays now um, just because they are more comfortable within the system, which will automatically cut down on some of those penalties. Um, and, and like Sean said, I think when, you, when you're losing and you're trying to make a play or you're trying to press, you know, that's going to lead to some late hits or some, you know, some random penalties. And I just think as a whole, we're going to see a team that's much more disciplined than what we saw at this time last year. Take your questions in the mailbag here with Husker Online intern Grace Harmon. 
All right, well, we've got a basketball one. So Robin Millard North currently has four Division um, One players on their roster, including three with Nebraska offers. Is this, the Nebra- is this the best Nebraska boys team that you've seen? It's up there for sure. And, again, they haven't done anything yet. But on paper, when you look at not only uh, the amount of players with D1 offers but the level of offers that these kids have, you know, Hunter Salas having his offer list and being a four-star top 60 player, um, you know, Jason Green getting – uh, you know, a Nebraska offer as a 2022 recruit, Max Morell, who blew up this summer with you know over 10 uh, high major offers within the span of a couple weeks. Uh, you know those three guys, and they added to Jaden Johnson, uh, the kid from Council Bluffs, who just uh, joined the mix. You know he's on the cusp of becoming a high major player in his own right, and so suddenly. Millard North is now the clear favorite to win state, and if anything less than that, I think will be a big disappointment. But to your question. For me, I need to see them actually accomplish something before I put them in in the same caliber as that Omaha Central team with Akoya Gal. Uh, I mean, that team was exceptionally good, and they were on a different playing field or court uh, than almost anyone that they they tipped off against. That I mean, Florida they, tournament, they really held their own. Yeah, and they, that was a really good tournament. Uh, that was in some of the and they beat Oak Hill basketball Academy. prep. I mean, they beat Oak Hill Academy. I know, I know. I'm at the Heartland Classic here in, in Grand Island. So, uh, I mean, they they were legitimately one of the best teams in the nation that year and uh you know i mean they they proved it each night and dominated teams so uh while i think this miller north team has a chance to be extremely good they got some work to do before they're in that omaha central group hopefully our friend tino martinez is working on getting miller north in the heartland hoops classic out in grand yeah, island no this kidding. year because uh they would be a draw. There's no question. Okay, what do you have next, Grace? All right, well, we'll go back to football. Um, if you had to choose one, what Big Ten West program is on the decline? Guys, this might shock you, but I'm going to say Wisconsin. Um, I think the way they finished last year, now they, they did win a bowl game against Miami in cold weather in New York City. Um, second year in a row they played Miami in a bowl game. But the way they lost to Minnesota, just the way things finished, the questions they have at quarterback, the questions they have with their defensive pass rush, it's not the same pass rush we've seen the previous years before. And it dipped off a lot last year. Um, Four new offensive line starters. The schedule now, they have Nebraska's schedule basically from a year ago as far as crossovers go. I just think there's no – I mean, and I said this a long time ago, one year when Wisconsin had the tough schedule just like this, but I don't see any way, Robin, Wisconsin has – you know, the type of year they're used to having. Now, that said, a few years ago, everybody said that was going to be the year they fell apart. And that was an NFL-loaded roster, though. Yeah, and they overcome, overcame a bunch of injuries. They went 10-2. Went 10-2. and two. So I'm reluctant to say Wisconsin is on the way down, but when you look at the, the division, I don't know who else you could pick. Every other team, Sands, Illinois, is on the rise, and it's one of the uh, probably most improved divisions in all of power five and so wisconsin by default given that they've dominated that division for so long can only go down yeah there's only where one way for them to go and i think a big reason why uh, i can buy into that is because the two of the hallmarks of wisconsin football are the offensive line and their defensive front seven and both of those areas took major hits this offseason they don't have any depth on their interior defensive line and their offensive line like you mentioned uh is uh, you know re- basically lost four starters of the nfl and returning one guy who wasn't even a full-time starter so there's some serious questions that they need to answer uh as far as the lifeblood of what wisconsin football has built itself to be now they still have the running back 
Uh, you know, maybe they get an improvement at quarterback. I don't know. Uh, but when it comes to them being Wisconsin, it starts with the offensive and defensive lines. And right now, uh, I think that you got some concerns there about if you're Wisconsin about keeping up that level that you've had over the past few years. What's the, what are the parameters here? I mean, is it just who's going to be on the decline this year or like in the long run, in the long run? Uh, um, you know what? I'm going to be, uh, I'm just going to rustle some Jimmy's Nebraska. Yeah, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to (laughs) say Iowa, Iowa, uh, because I I think here, um, they lost how many first round, you know, high round draft picks off of last year's team. Uh, and I think they're going to, they're going to lose a couple more after this year, plus Nate Stanley. Uh, and then what happens when Kirk leaves? And what happens with, when Kirk leaves? They're That's gonna, right. are going to turn it over to the hothead son. Yeah, to King Joffrey. King Joffrey. Yeah. King Joffrey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think Iowa in the long I had an term. an Iowa beat writer refer to Brian Ferentz as the Joffrey of the family. Yeah, I think it fits. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's a good – that is a good uh, comparison that's there. Good. I'm going to have – hopefully Iowa fans, are gonna, I'm going to get strung up for that comment, but I was just joking. Hey, worth it. <laughs> Own were, it. Were you joking though? I, I don't know. I'm not joking. I think I was. I was on the decline. So instead of eight and four, they're going to go seven and five. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe one last question. What's left? All right. What's the most random fall camp story that you guys can remember? I got a few with Light and Mirtha. A lot of longtime Husker Online recruiting followers. I mean, he was one of the first high-profile Bill Callahan recruits in the '04 class. Uh, flipped him for Minnesota because I think Minnesota took him to a strip club on his visit, and 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 yep. family didn't like that. It's true, and switched his commitment to Nebraska. But anyway, the story with Light and Mirtha, and we're past the statute of limitations on these things. Oh, so yeah. I, could, I can share that story on that Husker Online radio show. But um, Light and Mirtha, number one, got in a moped accident, and that sidelined him. One year, he ran into like a sled during just like a warm up, and that sidelined him. But the biggest Random injury for Lydon Murtha, who like has the 40-yard dash record still at Nebraska for offensive linemen, by the way. He got a staph infection for not washing his uniform practice pants. He just went the entire fall camp month and the bacteria and the gross sweat. I mean, you remember how stiff your like high school mm-hmm. sweaty shirt would get and dudes would still wear it? Well, he did that in college when they have the resources to wash it. Well, he had a cut on his leg. It caused a staph infection. <laughs> And, and he missed, like, several practices for that staph infection. Man. Yeah, that's a good one. So when I think of weird fall camp, for whatever reason, the first thing that always comes to mind is Kevin Williams beginning an interview without taking a, a, a single question <laughs> and reprimanding the media for referring to him, having the audacity to refer to him as a backup. And he said, I am not a backup. And I'm not going to do any they more. They had Vincent Valentine and Malik Collins yeah, that year. Two NFL guys. Even though he'd always been yes. or had never been a starter. If you're not a starter, then what are you? And <laughs> Don't call of me. Of course. So he goes on this rant, I am not a backup, says it like four times, and then just walks off. But that produced one of the all-time great <laughs> Nebraska football <laughs> gifts where uh, our former employee, Dan Hoppen, is in the background. <laughs> and he just has this stone you know, face. Yeah, like if you like put like the sound of silence to him, like and he's just kind of staring into the abyss a little bit and, as Kevin Williams walks off. And, oh, man, that's like, probably one of the classic recent uh, memories I have of just weird fall camp stories. I've got so many. Um, like Make it just write a book. A ton. Fall camp. Fall by camp. Klaus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll probably go with the time Richie Incognito about killed a lot of the trainers. Um, oh, boy. 
because uh, so Richie, so when Bill Callahan came in, he was he kind of brought that NFL mentality uh, where everyone was going to get their treatment in, um, and it was going to come at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day uh, with their with their physical therapy or whatever in the the training room, and and um, well Richie didn't want to end the day with with treatment. He wanted to go home or he wanted to take a nap or whatever. And so um, there was a sign-in sheet for all the guys that needed to get their therapy in or the, their physical therapy or whatever treatment they needed. There was a sign-in sheet in the in the training room, and, um, and Richie did not sign it because he was not there. And so at the end of the night or before everyone went home, the trainers would take that list to Bill Callahan. And Bill Callahan saw that and saw that Richie did not sign the sheet. And so, um, you know, Coach Callahan had his guys, you know, go to, to Richie and say, hey, man, this is not going to cut it. You've got to get in and get your treatment. Um, you are expected to be there. If not, you're going to pay you know, those consequences. Uh, so Richie did not go again. And so what he did was like 400 yards of rolls, barrel rolls, mm. after practice, after a two-a-day practice. Um, where he's like basically foaming at the mouse mouth and like I heard every cuss word or combination of cuss word I've <laughs> ever heard ever in my life uh, after that and and so um, you know there's no way that he's not going to go in and get his physical therapy right uh, well, you would be wrong um, <laughs> but he had he was smart enough to try and fake it he had somebody go in and sign his name on the sheet Jeez. even though he didn't actually go in there so at the end of the night the trainers bring the sheet up and say um, here's the sheet you know here's the guys that came in to get their therapy or their, their treatment but uh, Richie signed the sheet but he was not there well um, the ne- next day guess what he had to do 400 yards of barrel rolls again after practice and he uh, he basically knew that one of the trainers narked on him, and he about killed two or three guys in the training. Pretty group. high profile trainer. Yeah, oh, yeah. Boy. So, um, yeah, that was. I mean, that's just one of one of many <laughs> fall camp stories. And I can we could even get in the Harrison Beck one, but we're oh, way God. over time here. Um, <laughs> and Grace, I hope you enjoyed story time with the old men. Always enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when we come back, we'll close the show. Uh, We'll talk some recruiting with Nate Klaus. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.